Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Brexit podcast. I'm your host, Shalina Poffenberger. At the time that I'm speaking, we're in the final 30 working days of the Brexit transition period. The last and final round of trade negotiations is almost at an end, and the moment for moving into a new way of trading and working with the EU is coming fast. While we have certainty in many aspects of Brexit, one very important area where we're still awaiting an outcome is data protection and privacy. Regulation and supervisory authorities across the regulatory spectrum will change from 1st of January, and that includes GDPR. I'm joined remotely today by Fidel Magood and Polly Ralph, two directors in our data privacy practice. They're here to talk about what organizations need to do now with these final days left before the end of transition to prepare for what is still an uncertain outcome, data protection adequacy. I've spoken to many organizations that haven't focused on data privacy in the context of their Brexit preparations, and they're now scrambling to do so, although they're somewhat flying blind. So, Fidelma, if I can start with you, why is GDPR a concern with Brexit, and where do we stand now in terms of understanding what will change from the 1st of January? And maybe let's talk, too, about what does adequacy mean in this context? Thanks, Shalina, for that one. Uh, A good place to start. So um, the European Data Protection Law, the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, as many people may be well used to hearing is referred to as, actually restricts transfers of personal data to countries outside the EU and EEA. They're known as third countries unless the transfer is covered by something called an adequacy decision, an appropriate safeguard or an exception. Now, at the end of the transition period, the UK will actually become a third country. And an adequacy decision basically means that the European Commission will determine that we have an adequate data protection law in place when it comes to the handling of personal data on Europeans. The challenge that we have and why people are slightly flying blind right now is that there's no guarantee that the UK will be awarded an adequacy decision, or even if we do get it, that it will be made by the end of the transition period. Um, In terms of what uh, the European Commission will be taking into account, they'll be considering a range of factors, including the rule of law, respect for human rights and freedoms, relevant legislation, for instance, regulations for the onward transfer of personal data to another third country, as well as judicial redress for data subjects whose personal data are being transferred. The European Commission, in making their adequacy decision, must also assess whether we have an effective and functioning independent supervisory authority in place that's responsible for ensuring and enforcing compliance with data protection rules. And taken all together, these are not insignificant deliberations. For instance, the European Data Protection Board's opinion on Japan's draft adequacy decision was 41 pages long. And the biggest impact, if we don't get an adequacy decision, will be on data flows from the EU to the UK, unless the transfer has an appropriate safeguard in place or an exception applies. Without one of these, personal data cannot legally flow from the EU to the UK from the 1st of January 
2021. The very first question I'm often asked is, if the UK was already part of the GDPR in the EU, why wouldn't we be considered adequate on day one? <laughs> Great question. Um, the UK government is arguing that it has a very comprehensive framework in place that underpins high data protection standards and a strong regulator, the Information Commissioner's Office, or the ICO as we refer to it uh, gen generally, and they both have a strong track record. There are concerns in Europe, however, that the UK's legislative provisions in relation to investigatory powers basically uh, don't align to the EU law. So the broad powers granted by the UK's Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act to government agencies to enable them to intercept and retain digital communications for uh, combating crime or safeguarding national security, it is those elements that are incompatible with EU law. And uh, the European Court recently found that such national legislation, which basically requires electronic communication service providers to disclose traffic and location data to security agencies by means of general and indiscriminate transmission was in excess of what is strictly necessary and cannot be justified even where the objective is to safeguard national privacy. So if you like, in terms of the checklist, that will be a strike against the UK getting an adequacy decision. Okay, so, so because this is a Brexit podcast and the adequacy decision has been made a bargaining chip in the negotiations, let's talk politics for a minute. So, well, the recent personnel changes at Downing Street and the upcoming changes in leadership across the Atlantic in the U.S. have any impact or change the ultimate decision on adequacy? Uh -huh. Well, uh, certainly in the context of uh, Downing Street, um, we have had uh, recently a very high profile UK critic of the GDPR has exited uh, number 10 recently. I was tempted to say has exited stage left, but, but actually, as many people will have seen, uh, this individual actually exited by the front door with all uh, the cameras uh, there to, to capture the moment for posterity. Um, the other element is the UK government uh, is quite likely to put pressure on the European Commission and member states to agree an adequacy decision, uh, which uh, acknowledges that there are elements uh, remaining that need to be ironed out, but that those residual concerns could be raised uh, and addressed subsequently through a robust monitoring and re review regime. But but I think the, the absolute impetus is to uh, encourage in every way possible that they will come to an adequacy decision. Thanks, Fadama. Uh, you know, let's get right down to the nub of what our listeners are very interested in. You know, the ability to continue to move personal data from the EU for any business purpose still is in question with a very short time to go until the rules change. So in terms of Brexit preparations, you know, firms are asking, where do I even start? 
So, so, so Polly, if I can turn you to you now, what, what can organizations be doing or indeed what should they be doing to prepare? Well, I think, Shalina, I think the, that old maxim of hope for the best, plan for the worst is, is a really helpful um, place to start, really. And I guess if we think about what is the best case scenario, that is that the UK has got this adequacy decision that Fadama has been talking about at the end of the transition period. And that would be a a really good thing for the UK businesses because, of course, it means that these data flows from the EU to the UK can just continue uninterrupted at the end of the transition period. There's there's still some steps, of course, that organisations will still need to take, even in this best-case scenario. And and look, we can come to that, um, Shalina, if, if that would be helpful. So that's best case, worst case. So let's let's talk about planning for the worst case scenario. No adequacy decision. What should clients be doing there? Look, we've been we've been hearing from our clients, and they've been saying to plan for worst case, we've really had to go back to the basics of our data privacy program. So things that we are um, all very used to doing, such as mapping your data flows so that you understand where, where data originates from, where it flows to, um, and specifically focusing in on those data flows that would cause real risk to the business if they were uninterrupted or, or halted, right? So once we've got that picture of data flows, it's assessing how we'll keep those going in a compliant way. There's lots of mechanisms, lots of legal mechanisms, which Shalina, I could spend this whole podcast talking about, but just really, really um, light touch, we'd say that, you know, if you're intending to rely on what's known as standard contractual clauses or binding corporate rules to keep data transferring compliantly, there's, there's steps you need to take, such as conducting impact assessments looking at some recent European Data Protection Board guidance about the six-step roadmap. So I think, you know, there's some definite steps that need to be taken to keep data flowing if we're in this worst-case scenario of no adequacy. Um, But there's actually also steps that organisations need to be taken um, outside of this, this data flow question, and these steps are important regardless of whether we've got adequacy or not. So, so, so Polly, being optimistic then and assuming we'll be granted adequacy by the end of the transition period, can can everyone just relax then and carry on as normal? No, although that would be uh, that would be delightful, but but no, um, is the answer really, Shalina? There, there's additional steps that need to be taken, as I say, in both the best case and the worst case scenario. So, firstly, in 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 any scenario, we need to determine whether um, organisations can identify a new EU lead supervisory authority. So what we mean by this is many organisations will be used to dealing with the UK Information Commissioner, the ICO, as as Fadama noted, as their their data protection regulator or their lead regulator. Uh, After Brexit, they'll need to understand whether they can appoint another European regulator, such as the French regulator, the Italian regulator, as their lead authority, um, or whether they will have to continue to deal with 
27 data protection regulators in relation to their European data processing activities. So that's a really big question for lots of organisations. Um, they'll also have to determine whether they can um, appoint or need to appoint an EU representative. So someone who sits within the EU who can almost act on behalf of a UK company who'd be a contact person for dealing with European regulators and, and data subjects. So again, another big, another big decision point for UK firms there. And then we've got, you know, what I've sort of... Uh, described somewhat cynically as, as, as housekeeping, but there's lots of paperwork that needs to be updated, Shalina. We need to be looking at data processing records, privacy notices, internal data handling policies, um, so that we are making sure that these are all really transparent about what is happening with data flows between the EU and the UK. And finally, big piece of work here most UK firms will need to update contracts that refer to data transfers within the EU or EEA. And how will firms know if they need to report or appoint a new EEA representative and how would they go mm. about doing so? Yeah, so it's a really good question. It's essentially if I'm a UK firm um, that is, uh, has got sort of operations inside the EU, I might be selling goods, I might be targeting services to customers inside the EU, um, the GDPR will require me to appoint a representative inside the EU. And, and typically what we see is that this representative is set up in the EU member state, in the EU country, where some of the individuals whose personal data the UK firm is processing. So, what we mean there is that if the bulk of your customers are in um, Ireland, for instance, you'd be looking to set up a representative in Ireland. And uh, let me ask Fidelma, are there any other impacts if the UK is not granted adequacy? So are there any other impacts if the UK isn't granted adequacy? Ah, yes. And this is where we come to a new term that people listening to us may not have heard mentioned before in relation to data protection. And that term is legacy data. A little known fact is that there's actually a specific provision within the withdrawal agreement itself, Article 71, if anyone would like to go and read it. Um, and it says that if the UK has not been granted an adequacy decision by the end of the transition period, then any non-UK data, so data on European subjects, processed by UK businesses prior to that end date, the 31st of December 2020, must continue to be processed in accordance with the GDPR as it stands on the last day of the transition period. And will GDPR enforcement still apply to UK registered companies after the 1st of January? Yes, yeah, it will, Shalina. And, and that's because of this idea that the GDPR has extraterritorial impact. And this is the case today, right? So, so if I'm a company sitting in for example, Singapore, and I am selling goods or services or um, monitoring individuals in the EU, the GDPR applies to me today, despite the fact I'm in Singapore. 
And this will be the case for UK companies as well. If UK companies are targeting goods or services to, to customers, for example, in the EU, or monitoring individuals in the EU, the GDPR will apply to them as well. So, so look, this means that, that companies in the UK will have two data protection regimes that, that they'll have to comply with. The first will be the UK data protection regime, as well as the GDPR regime. So let's move now to placing bets on the outcome. Polly, I know that you're a solicitor and I'm not going to be able to pin you down on an answer. So I'm going to ask Fidelma, what's the likelihood that adequacy will be granted and more importantly, when? <laughs> Shalina, I've never been asked a question uh, on, on betting in the context of not being a solicitor. I'm trying to work that one out. But uh, let me tell you what I think. Um, it, it, it's it's a moving uh, target and, and uh, it's, it's constantly evolving. So, for instance, some recent rulings raised additional challenges to the UK getting an adequacy decision, or at least that the adequacy decision might be made in time, i.e. before the end of the transition period on the 31st of December 2020. So, if, if that remains the case, on the 1st of January 2021, the UK is going to become a third country and the issues and actions that Polly has taken us through will come into play. I've got my fingers crossed that common sense will prevail, but if I put my betting hat on, I certainly wouldn't be waiting to take those preparatory and no regret steps that we've heard about this morning. Polly and Fidelma, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights on what is still a pretty murky issue for a lot of people. While we recognize it's really difficult to prepare for something that we don't yet know the outcome, Polly and Fidelma have made it clear that businesses can and should be getting ahead of the data adequacy decision. And there are some specific actions that you can take now to prepare for when that time comes. The end of the Brexit transition period is coming at 11 p.m. on the 31st of December 2020, and businesses will face significant disruption to the way they move goods, people, and personal data across the UK-EU border. So use these final working days wisely, be ready for the substantial change that is coming, and if you need support to do that, please get in touch. For up-to-date guidance and insights on Brexit's impact on your business, please visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash Brexit. That's all for now. Stay safe, everyone. Mm -hmm.